son of a bitch. Fuck oh, you. Piece of shit. All right. Oh, this just threw me off. All right. Well, hey. Won't you just let it sit, bitch? Yeah. Fucking asshole. Oh, not you, Craig, but you you are right. I, I am. Uh, uh, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. This is Statistics and Sports Podcast. We're mad at our robot. Um, uh, <laughs> today... Uh, we're talking about football. It's the only sport still happening, though there is a mild, um, tepid update on the NHL season we could talk about as well. But Corwin, are you ready to talk about some football? Uh, yeah. I just want to say, when this whole uh, robot revolution, robot rebellion takes place, our treatment of Craig is not going to shine kindly on us. Well, he is a punk bitch, and I bet the robot army wouldn't want him. I'm usually pretty nice to uh, Roombas because, you know, they move and have eyes and stuff. Out the rest of their past season, so similarly, both um, organizations huddled into bubbles, mostly because they had fewer teams to worry about since they were basically in their playoffs already. They weren't actually, but they were pretty much there. So they only had to bring in a limited number of teams and then just... Um, NHL did hub cities which with their own bubbles, and the NBA just did the one bubble city in Orlando. Um, but it looks like this is the first, albeit minor, diversion between the two in terms of how they are approaching COVID going forward. But uh, they both handled it really well in the past, so I guess we'll see how they fare. Yeah. Sorry, I'm very distracted looking through some crazy headlines on Reddit right now. I just can't even focus on what you're saying. That's okay. There's nothing to really say about it. I'm excited for hockey. Uh, I'm lukewarmly excited for basketball only because I'm not truly a fan, but I'm, I I said last season I'd try to get more into it. I think this year I might really actually try more. Um, if the Knicks trade for Russell Westbrook, I will definitely watch at least one game. I'll put it that way. Just to see. Um, anyway. I'll probably watch Lakers games. I probably will watch a Sixers game or two because I'll try and claim to still be a fan of theirs. Um, but I cannot promise I will watch many basketball games. Yeah, I think I'm going to commit to the Knicks here. Um, I don't know. It, it, it feels, you feels you have enough bad teams to root for. You should not burden yourself with the Knicks. I... Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I like those jerseys. I don't know. I, I like I like rooting for a, a unified garden between the Knicks and the, the Rangers. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the NFL playoff picture is coming into focus, kinda. It's an odd playoff picture for a couple reasons. For one, we are having seven teams per conference instead of the usual six, which means there's two extra teams in the playoffs overall. There's also one fewer bye week to go around. And um, this is happening in the midst of a terrible performance from the NFC East. So the NFC standings look bizarre. Um, so I guess uh, let's talk about the NFC first. That's what I have up first. As it stands right now, the number one seed, the only team that would be getting a bye this time around, would be the New Orleans Saints, currently sitting at 9-2. and two. There's a full game up from the number two and number three seeds, which are Seattle and Green Bay in that order, because Seattle beat Green Bay, I believe. Um, no, sorry, strength of schedule, strength of victory. I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, so 
it's a it's a it's a tepid lead for um first seed with the for the Saints, but it is still present. Uh so that's Seattle and Green Bay both sitting at eight and three, sitting at two and three in the seeding. The number four seed in the NFC playoffs, the New York Giants at four and seven. It's a three sixty four win percent. <laughs> After that, it's the Rams at seven and four in the fifth seed. They are the first wild card. The second wild card and the sixth seed are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the seventh wild seventh seed and the third wild card is the Arizona Cardinals at six and five. So all of the teams in the playoffs as it stands right now are over five hundred, barring the Giants. So that might make you say the Giants don't deserve to be there. We should take the next best team. Well, that team's below five hundred too. NFC <laughs> is fucking brutal. I know. The next three teams are all five and six. The Vikings, the Bears, and the Niners, who are all just barely missing the playoffs right now, each one game back of the Cardinals, are all below 500. So there are not seven teams in the entire NFC standings right now that are over 500. So one of them is in the playoffs. Why not make it entertaining? Give us the Giants. And that's where we're at. Um, so as it would shake out right now, Saints would be on by Seahawks and Cardinals would be a first round, um, uh, game Packers, Bucks and Giants Rams. Uh, ish. Ugh. It's not pretty Corwin. No, it's not. I'm very glad that I am not a Giants fan. Like so many of my peers, cause we grew up in Giants country. Um, Thankfully, the other half of those fans were Eagles fans, so holy shit, I'm glad I jumped ship when I could and went all all the way to western Pennsylvania. Um, Allegheny County, stand up! <laughs> Allegheny County is eastern Pennsylvania. Allegheny County is where Steelers is. Oh, buddy. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Corwin, are you serious right now? Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's been a long day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Allegheny County is home of Pittsburgh. <laughs> anyway. I I need help. I, know. I live in I live in Lehigh County, by the way, and I was like, Josh, I live here. I know what Allegheny County is. Um, I'm just fucking stupid. But we all know that already, so we'll just hey, move on past. You know, we'll chalk it up to the fact we're recording a day early, so we're uh, we're both out of it. It's right; it's Tuesday. We usually record on Wednesdays, so it's kind of funky. So maybe maybe that's it. Who knows? Um, but... Can we also mention the fact that the Giants went from having what I think was the sixth overall pick to now having the nineteenth overall pick in the draft? I, dude, I know, and that's what we were talking about like a week or two ago. Is that Whoever wins the NFC, I would be rooting, if I was an NFC East fan, I would be rooting for my least favorite NFC East team to win. So that way they'd have a sub-500 record and a terrible draft pick and get balanced in the first round of the playoffs almost for sure. Like, whichever team goes to the playoffs for the NFC East is going to be worse off because of it. It's it's horrific. Truly horrific. Yeah. Like, I get there's a lot of fans because, you know, again, we are 
very close to the meccas of both Giants and Eagles fans, so we we get both. Both sides have said, you know, a couple times, like, hey, you know, we we want to win the division, like that. No matter what, like we're still winning the division. But it's just like, is it worth it? You're not going anywhere in the playoffs, no matter what you say about, you know, parity and you know any given Sunday. The Giants cannot, the Eagles cannot go anywhere in the playoffs this year. Why would you surrender what is almost certainly a, a top draft pick, a top player, a franchise-changing player possibly, just so you could have bragging rights for a year when everyone fucking sucked? Even if you win the division, you think you're going to have bragging rights at 4-7? and seven? No fucking way. I just, and, it, and, it, and, it kills me how you just can't see that value. Yeah, no, I mean, as much as we all like to shit on the Jets, I actually think the shit on the Jets talk has been relatively quelled from where it typically is in a given season because it's so advantageous how bad we are this year, especially considering how bad the entire NFL is this year. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if the Giants win the division, it fucks them for next year. And don't get me wrong, you know, Daniel Jones progressing is obviously good. The Giants can make good free agency moves. But, I mean, the difference between having a top 10 pick and a late teens, early 20s pick is is crazy when you're talking about how much that pick means to a team that is trying to rebuild versus already good. Seattle's been getting by on those you know low 20s picks for the last, I don't know, seven years because they have good players elsewhere. They're a well-run organization. They have a good coaching staff. So the fact that their first-round picks are in the lower end of the first round doesn't matter that much. They're not trying to rebuild. They don't need key players at key positions. They need to kind of maintain. Uh, the Giants aren't there yet. The Giants are not there yet. So going from that sixth overall pick to 19 is, is oh my God, it, it, it fucks them. It just fucks them. There's no two, two ways about it. Yeah. It's really brutal. Is there anything Six not to in 19 the, too? Like that, I, it hurts so much. Yeah. Cause usually, usually, you know, like, if you went to the into the um, playoffs at like I don't know nine and seven, you you might you might jump from from like uh, I don't know maybe like sixteenth to the twentieth, you know fourteenth to nineteenth, six to nineteen is a crazy dr- jump. Mm-hmm. Insane! I can't think of a bigger one. Um. I mean, I know there's been like more impactful ones, like when there was a coin flip for the first overall pick. Um, what year was that? Uh, it was like an expansion year or something. I got to look that up. So if you have anything to say, well, I do. Um, coin flip. Oh, I, I had I had a question. Oh, but it-, it was the NBA. That's why. Ah. Uh, and the winner got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That winner would be the Lakers then, yes. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, the Milwaukee Lakers. Yes. Yeah. Which is actually, I'm pretty sure that's where they came from originally. Yeah, hence lakes. Because there yeah. ain't no lakes in Los Angeles. Uh, is there any team in the NFC that's not in the playoffs that you would actually like to see in the playoffs? Uh, A team that isn't in, but I would want to see in? Yeah. 
Um, the Chargers, because I think they could actually perform if they figure not, out how to stop losing. But they're not they're, in it. They're not. They're not in the NFC. Oh, I thought you just said NFL. No. NFC. No, I mean none of these teams. Well, I mean the Falcons are garbage, but at least you know they'd be fun to watch. Panthers again would be fun to watch because you know they could pull some shit together. But like the Vikings, I don't. I don't want to watch Kirk Cousins. I don't want to watch Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles with the Bears. 49ers, if they were fully healthy, I would love to see, even if their quarterback situation is terrible. Uh, it's just there's not a lot of inspirational teams with you know enjoyable play styles in the NFC right now. The ones that are are in the playoffs, and then also the Giants. Yeah, plus plus um yeah, because you're right. The Vikings aren't that interesting of a team this season outside of um oh, who's their fucking running back. What team? Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Thank you. God damn it. Um, the Bears are a dumpster fire. No one deserves to have to watch that. Um, the the Niners are too hurt to be fun. The Lions would be interesting because they've lost. They they always seem to lose in bizarre fashion, and they seem to have decent offensive production in some aspects and can't put it together in others. So I think they'd make for an interesting watch. I'm not sure how much I'd really care, but I think they might be of the, the crop maybe the most interesting because Washington, no one wants to see. Even Atlanta, honestly, I don't really want to see. Um, I, I don't want to walk, keep watching Julio Jones make me sad because you know he's not going to win it. Um, I haven't watched any Carolina games, so I don't know how that's going. And then the Eagles would suck to watch, and the Cowboys would suck to watch for more so than the usual reasons. So, yeah, it's it's bad. It's so bad. Man. Yeah. Uh, we'll hey, be talking- uh, before we switch over, uh, do you know who Neil Walk is? Neil Walk? Yeah. I have no idea. I went to Florida. Help it all. Nope. Yeah, he was the guy that was drafted second after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I know this isn't the movies podcast, but, you know, um, No Country for Old Men, what's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss? Um, multiple championships and the equivalent of... of- millions... That's real. So, yeah. Um, what the fuck is happening? All right, whatever. You're going to tell me you'd rather have this game play at 340 on a Wednesday this week instead of, I don't know, 8 p.m. on a Sunday, like five, six weeks from now? Like, that's really better for you? I don't. Is the NFL living paycheck to paycheck? Here's an idea. I'm just throwing this out there. Why doesn't, instead of dealing with this fucking bullshit every goddamn week, the NFL just says, hey, we're going to push back the start of the playoffs two, three weeks. We're going to throw some buffer weeks in there to make sure everyone's see so that, A, we have room to build in some bye weeks for teams that get sick. And the Steelers can stop getting fucked over. 
and the, so that if people are sick at the end of the season, you can quarantine and get healthy and live in a bubble so that the entirety of your team is healthy for the playoffs so we don't right, have so- this fucking shit happen in the playoffs. What like I get there would be a lot of logistics and a lot of people pissed off because the Super Bowl is going to get moved and there's some shit just there would be a lot that would need to be done to do so. But it's either going to happen now when there's still time to make that happen or they're going to have a playoff game on a Wednesday where the winning team has to go and play on the Sunday as well. And it's just going to fuck so many teams over. And it's got the chance to truly destroy the playoffs and destroy the season this year. And I'm not looking forward to that. No, no, it, it just, again, I don't get the short-term benefit of doing this. I don't get the long-term benefit of doing this. It, and, it, and it's also leaving the realm of I understand that they can do this logistically and it'd be okay because we're, 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 we're that's becoming specious in of itself. I mean, it's not even logistically making any more any sense anymore. They're playing this game Wednesday at three forty, so it, it's going to be played at just about one o'clock West Coast time in the afternoon on a weekday. We played at four o'clock East Coast time again, just about. I'm tired of saying three forty. Uh, who's watching this that doesn't work from home? And even then, not everyone has the luxury of being able to do whatever the hell they do when they're working from home. Like, it's going to be tough to, to even get anybody watching. And it's also weird because you have Thursday Night Football for the next week's of slot of games the day after. At this point, you're basically already playing this game in a different, you know, quote-unquote week of football. You're playing this week 11 game in week 12. Why not just at that point play it in week, you know, 17 or 18 or whatever it would be if you put in room between the playoffs and the soup and the uh, the end of the regular season? I, who does this benefit? Not the Steelers. No, not the Ravens. Well, kind of. I mean, if they're waiting for Lamar Jackson to be healthy, it kind yeah, of. I'll be honest, it does benefit the Ravens quite a lot. I don't know why I said that. That was a shitty reaction, re- reactionary comment. It, the only reason it hurts the Ravens is it hurts their PR because it's a constant reminder of the fact that they got COVID. When instead, it could have been more like the Titans, where they canceled the game, moved moved the fuck on, and never addressed that again. Um, yeah, I don't get why, you know. The Titans could break protocol and break NFL rules and have their game postponed while the Ravens do something wildly similar where a coach breaks protocol and infects the entirety of the team and their game just keeps getting pushed back and back and back and back and back until they're healthy enough to play it. I mean, I think that's they don't have the room to do it now like they did week four. But it's not fair. I I mean, the the NFL has spun the wheel and the Steelers lost. That's all mm-hmm. there is to it. Yep. Oh, oh well. <sighs> yep. To some extent, I almost 
like I don't want us to not play the game because I want to beat the Ravens, which should happen with one legged RG three back there. Um, and it would really fuck the Steelers up if you know they are one game short and they happen to lose a game some point during the rest of the season because the Chiefs, you know, even though they also lost a game, there's no tiebreaker to win that because the Steelers played one less game. Um, so that would really fuck us. But Severely. also, if we did go undefeated anyway, being 15-0 and would be the worst fucking undefeated season ever. Being, you know, the third, it would definitely be the bronze medal. Oh, well. Is there a joke in there? No, it just suck. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, let's talk about a different debacle. Um. Let's let's jump back over to the NFC East so we can continue shitting on everything they have to, um, they have it going on in their lives. And let's talk about Carson Wentz, shall we? Sure. That guy, you know, former MVP front runner, former second overall pick. Former good quarterback. Yeah, for, former formerly thought very, very highly of. Uh, hey, uh, before we get into this, uh, we got a new government coming in, new you know president, all this. Can we petition to ban auto-playing videos on websites? Just throwing it out there. I I I'm strongly firmly in favor. And none of this, it plays, but it's muted bullshit. Stop it. Just stop. If I want to watch your video, I'll click on the fucking thing. Stop um, stealing my bandwidth, man. Come on. No one wants this. Uh, anyway, so the Carson Wentz dilemma is twofold. For one, he used to be good and is now tragically bad. And we'll get into that probably first. Uh, and then secondly, he's signed through 2024. Uh, he signed he signed that contract extension, that four-year, $128 million contract extension. He is on the books until 2024. So that makes it... Uh, they can buy out his contract for 2022 and eat $24.5 million of dead cap? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Uh, but that's uh, <clears throat> oh man, it it's ugly. So let's start with the bad, um, and then get into the contract of situation part of it afterwards. So, you know, if you're looking, if you had just started living, breathing, and watching football today, you go, why would the Eagles give him that contract? Well, it's because if we look at Carson Wentz's passer rating, let's look at it by year. It went from seventy nine point three in his rookie season, which for a rookie is fine. 2017, it jumped to 101.9. Crazy leap. Great passer rating. 2018, 102.2 built on it. Awesome. 2019, 93.1. A big step down, but still rather good. In 2020, it is mm-hmm. 73.4. It is the worst of his career. He has 15 interceptions, which is a career high and leads all of the NFL. He has taken 46 sacks, which is the most of his career, and leads the NFL. He is sacked 
his lost yardage due to sacks is 304 yards, which is the most in his career and leads the NFL. He has 16 touchdowns as of right now, which is tied for the fewest of his career since 2016. This is his rookie season. Uh, I mean, it's it's bad, man. It's really bad. He has 2,500 yards, so he's not on pace to do very well in terms of yardage. He only broke 4,000 yards last year, the only season he did to uh, he actually managed to do it. And uh, as we'll get into, his peripherals are all garbage. I, I mean, I mean, this is this is ugly. It's really bad. So here's a fun little stat for you for Carson Wentz. Wentz is on pace to be the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to be sacked more than 65 times and throw more than 20 interceptions. Leads the NFL currently with 46 sacks and 15 interceptions in nine games. 11 games. 11 games. Yeah. 11 games. That's unheard of josh do math what what do those extrapolate out to which numbers 46 and 15 Uh, i could easily have done this but i don't want to 46 uh over the over a 16 game stretch stretches out to about 67 oof yeah and uh 15 stretches out to about about 22 Yep, I did the interceptions while you were doing that, and it's still I still lost that race. Yeah, way well, hey, when I'm on it, I'm on it. Yeah, uh, yeah man, it it's and it, and it it's it, not it really, just that his stats are bad. Like it's not his O line is bad, and he's taking a lot of set, sacks. It's not that you know he's throwing up fifty fifty balls, and his wide receivers, you know, aren't catching it you know we can touch on wide receivers in a minute because i have another fun stat but he has just looked awful all season long like you know you talk about analytics versus the eye test you know stats versus film the stats say he's having a historically bad season you know he has a 49.7 qbr this year and the eye test is worse He's holding on to the ball forever. He's making terrible decisions. He's not making throws he needs to make. He had that one beautiful throw to Boston Scott for a touchdown halfway through the season so far, you know, a couple games in. And that might be like it for his highlight tape for 2020. Like it's been an ugly, awful season all around. And I, have you seen anything yet for anyone breaking down what could the cause be? Or, you know, watching him, it just seems like everything is, has fallen apart and everything has collapsed altogether. And I don't know if there can be one singular thing that he's doing that is causing all this, because I don't know if that's even possible. I, I was going to kind of say all the same shit you did. This is, this is, it's not just, this isn't explain away the bad stats the way that maybe you could with some of Sam Darnold's, like, last year or the year before. Not so much this year, but, you know, or you, or you, you could, you could do with, um, oh, I'm trying to think of who's had, who's had some good 
ish years on some bad teams. Maybe Phil Rivers. Even then, um, he usually covers yeah. the yards crazy. Uh, I can't think at the moment, but we, I know we've done it on the podcast before. We were talking about some people who've been playing well, but they have suffered a lot of drops or mm-hmm. um, anything, man. You know, they have all the uh, air yards completed and gotten no yards after the catch, and it's been hosing them and yada yada yada. But it 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 it's no, it's it's just bad. It's it's just plain bad. Um, I some of it can be excused for for Carson Wentz in some places, but just not enough. Oh, man, just not enough for for it to really matter. Uh, so let's let's take a look at some of his his deeper stats for a moment. Let's start with air yards. So so far he has in, he has an intended air yards per pass attempt of eight point nine. That is the highest of his career in twenty eighteen. This only goes back to twenty eighteen for all these stats and they started keeping track of this shit. But anyway, uh, in twenty eighteen it was seven point seven. 2019, it was 8.0. The 29, sorry, 2020, Jesus, it's 8.9. Now that is met with a high point in his completed air yards per um, completion, which is a funny way of saying that, but it is accurate. Um, which is of 6.4. His yards after completion, however, is at the lowest point in the last three years at four yards um, after the catch per completion. Uh, versus five yards in 2018 and uh, 4.6 yards in 2019. So he is completing more air yards per completion than he has prior in his last three seasons in his career. Uh, but his wide receivers are not going as far after the catch. So there we go. That's a little something. It's not enough, though. Let's get into accuracy. Oh, my God, though. <laughs> what? Oh, I was just saying, oh, my God, no. Like, not even close. Yeah. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is where we're actually going to have to explain how much worse he has been than these stats. So the first one that we can look at here is bats. Passes batted by a defender at or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he has five so far this season. In 2018, he had zero. And in 2019, he had 16. Um, so he's definitely doing better than 2019. Uh, but this still isn't great. And when you couple this with how many times he's going to throw the ball away, which is a record high 16 for him, it's not good. That is not good. Um, so he has basically had given up um, or, you know, I'll put it this way. These these are stats that show for bad at bats, um, you have completely misjudged either distance or your own arm speed, and you should have pump faked, and you chose not to. or uh, and then throwaways is that you have held on to the ball for too long um, and or nothing opened up in front of you or you're Tom Brady and nothing else um, materialized. Hmm. Um, this in of itself is not good. I don't think we're at the worst of it yet. And I think we're going to we're going to be getting there. Uh, we're going to be getting there pretty soon. But it's not a good look to have 16 balls thrown away. Give me a quarterback you want to look at for comparison there. Uh, comparison. Wait, what stat is this again, specifically? Um, batted ball, balls batted away, passes batted away, and um, and uh, balls thrown away. Kyler Murray, 
Oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm five now, six. He should have every ball batted away. Carson Wentz is what six four. Um, Kyler Murray over everything. is five ten. No, Carson Wentz is six five. No. Jesus, Carson Christ. Wentz is six five. Sure, Kyler Murray is not six ten. Five ten. I I we we know he's not. No, <laughs> you and I know he's not. Um. Oh, actually, this is interesting. Oh. So, oh, oh Kyler, breaking Kyler, news, Josh. What? Oh, wait, this this is coming in on Thursday. This won't be breaking news, but it is to us. Baltimore's team flight is leaving. The game is still on, but the Ravens had two more positive tests today. And it is thought to be one player, play? one staff member, and in the words of one source, quote, not unexpected and not a concern for a ga- the game. How is that not a concern? They're still finding more positive cases. How is that not a concern? Because the NFL is still going to push it through. That makes no fucking sense. That makes no fucking sense. Go right ahead so we can ignore this all. Uh, So actually, Kyler Murray is interesting. He has had 13 balls batted away so far this season. Almost triple Carson Wentz's number. which okay. I guess tracks. He is, according to the the stat sheet, seven inches shorter than Carson Wentz. Uh, his throwaway number is also a lot higher. It is also not a lot higher. It is slightly higher. It's seventeen instead of sixteen, um, which is interesting. Yeah, maybe I should pick someone you know, like Derek Carr, who's at least like normal height. All right, let's you know, look at Derek Kyler Carr. Murray again, four foot eleven. He's, he, he only gets shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time you say his name, he shrinks a little bit. <laughs> wow, Derek Carr is is balanced. He has had twelve balls batted away and twelve balls thrown away. That is, I don't know why that's that's so funny to me, but here we are. Uh yeah, I the I guess the bad balls deal ain't so bad. The throwaways, I, I don't know. Sixteen still seems like a fuck ton, especially when you're when you're bad. Because, well, that's what's even crazier. He only he had, so he has four hundred twenty two pass attempts so far this year. That's a ton. Uh, right, <laughs> dick. Um, I navigate away from the page too. God damn it! All right, four hundred twenty-two divided by eleven is uh, thirty-eight. That's not a. That's like a high number to average, but I don't know if that's a crazy number. Uh, for it's definitely re- pass happy. For reference, Derek Carr has thrown three hundred forty-eight pass attempts this season, which is on average thirty-one and a half per game. Um, and Kyler Murray has thrown 387 pass attempts so far this season, um, or 35 per game. Uh, what about a guy like Pat Mahomes? Oh God. Cause he, I know he's slinging it both well and often. Yeah. Let's, let's see how he's doing. Um, he is thrown 423 pass attempts so far this season. Jesus Christ. 
Um, it's not as much as honestly I thought. Thirty-eight I thought per more. game. Thirty-eight and a half per game. Yeah, he has had. He's actually very identical to Pat to um to Carson Wentz here. Five five batted balls and fifteen balls thrown away. So I'm going to say Carson Wentz here probably doing pretty well actually. Uh, yeah, all things considered, you know, tall guy throw ball over tall lineman. Boom. Uh, I will say this, he has zero spiked passes, which I think is a, is, is a, is, is a sign that things are not going well on offense. Yeah. You've never run the hurry up and had to spike the ball. Um, unless you would have one or two cause you're have the ball at the end of the half and you can drive up the field quickly. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's definitely not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, last year he only had one. The year before that, he had two. Everyone's usually got a couple. Um, Derek Carr has two. Kyler Murray has six. Wow. Um, Pat Mahomes has one, which is actually surprising because he'd be on the other end of it, where it's like, wow, you need to spike the ball. Why? <laughs> You're going for a field goal or running out of time? Eh, yeah, you, I guess you, that's bound to happen at some point. You need the points. Yeah. Um even Sam Darnold has three. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, that's so bad. Anyway, uh Carson Wentz's dropped uh passes drop percent is also pretty high. He has had twenty one drops so far this season. It's five point two percent of all of his throws. So he's definitely getting hosed by his wide receivers a good amount between both this and the um uh yards after the catch, so his wide receivers are absolutely not doing him any favors. Um, however, more in line with himself, he has had uh, 75 bad throws so far this season. What? That's 18.5% of all of his throws. What? And he's only been on target 63.1% of the time. What? 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 Yeah. For reference, Sam Darnold is worse than him in bad throw percent, 19.8, just crazy high. But Cart but Sam Darnold's also 10 points better than him in on target percent, 73% versus 63%. Derek Carr is at 81%. Kyler Murray's at 77%. Pat Mahomes at 79%. Um 63% is really Holy. 63% is like a, is a mediocre completion percent. Wait, 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 wait. I I can't fathom this top four, this top five in bad throw numbers. Ooh, well, I guess I should look at percentage, right? Not not numbers. I yeah, I've been looking at percentage. All right. Um so right now, top ten. Just to throw some names out there. Number 10 is Justin Herbert at 17.3. Number is 9 is Pat Mahomes at okay. 17.4. There's a lot. Granted, you know, uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Carson Wentz is at 8 with 18.5. Top 7, Gardner Minshew, 18.8. Totally makes Matt sense. Matt Stafford, 18.9, which is a little surprising. Okay. Cam Newton at 19.5. Honestly, not surprised. Sam Darnold, 19.8. Not surprised. Tom Brady at 20.5. That is surprising, but now that you say that, I feel like we've talked about that. 
He yeah. leads the league in bad throw numbers with 95. Wow. 20 more than Carson Wentz at number two. Wow, that's crazy. So number two in percentage is Baker Mayfield at 22.3. And do you want to take a guess at who number one would be, unless you already looked? Percentage-wise? Yeah. I'll stick with Darnold. Uh, Darnold, we just said at number four. You oh, bitch. oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I do it literally every episode. I'll go. I'll go. Lamar Jackson. Uh, no, Lamar Jackson was eleven with sixteen point nine percent. All right, who is it? Drew Locke with twenty five point six. Oh, you know what? We have talked about this. Yeah, that's so bad. Yeah, not <laughs> ideal. No, that's not good. <laughs> um, other end of the spectrum, you want to guess who the most on-target quarterbacks are? I gotta be Drew Brees. Wait, yeah, it is. Um, Before we go into this, Pat Mahomes is ninth in worse in bad throw percentage and eighth in on-target percentage. So you know what's funny? What are the just, rest of his numbers? I was just thinking about that. Because um, of a few of the other names you had on your list, guys like Tom Brady and shit. And I'm wondering, I'm not trying to rationalize. Oh, I guess I am literally trying to rationalize, but I'm not trying to make excuses. It's a genuine question. Is there a, there has to be a difference between missing a, missing a receiver by 10 yards. I, I'm just going to say that's what it is um, to delineate between a bad throw and just an off target throw. Uh, missing by 10 yards because of, um, deep ball attempts and I don't know route mix-ups because of a complicated offense where you are you know really like quarterbacking the team a la Peyton Manning uh, versus missing the, the receivers you have because you just suck and are doing a bad job right I guess so maybe Mahomes has more of the comp Mahomes because Mahomes and Brady that makes sense. Those are two guys who really lead an offense. Maybe they're just either airing the ball so much that they're just the receivers got crossed up, missed a step, whatever, and couldn't get there, or they're running the offense and there was a it was a cross up of some sort, versus a guy like Sam Darnold who's just not playing well. Okay. Okay. Total rationalization on my end, but no, I had, get it because because. Mahomes is not a bad quarterback. Mahomes is a really good quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a reason there. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really just has to come down to you know where they are. I guess it's just where they are plotting the throw. I don't know. I I really don't know, and I I wish I knew. Uh, yeah. I I don't know either. Um, but let's keep going with, with Carson Wentz here. So that's 63% on target percent. That means a 37% here we, wait, here of the we time, go. Here we go. Here we go. Per what? pro football reference, a bad throw are throws that were not catchable with normal effort. So then what's an off target throw An on target throw 
are throws that would have hit the intended receiving target. Okay. So I assume that would mean if you are throwing a ball downfield and a receiver stops running and the ball sails over, you know, the head because he stopped running, that could still be an on-target throw because it would have hit the intended receiving target. Or if it's batted down before it gets to the guy still running or, you know, this or that, it could still be on target even though it was incomplete or the receiver didn't catch it or he drops it or anything like that. Whereas a bad throw could technically still be on target but it is in such a way that the effort to catch it is so much that it it would still be considered bad. So like if you hit a guy, you know, on his back heel, it still I guess hit the intended receiving target if that's, you know, what the qualification is. But there's no way he does that without insane effort and luck essentially. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. How does that change how you view the stat? It doesn't. Nice. Yeah. I'm just glad I had that closure. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, I guess let's just keep going. <laughs> hey, so We're here to learn things, Josh. That's why we're here. Carson Wentz is on target percent of 63%. Where does that rank? On target of 63%? Oh, 32nd out of 32 qualified quarterbacks. Yeah. By 5.1%. I was going to say, this seems like we're going to see a huge disparity between what everyone else is doing and Carson Wentz. So the different... Sorry, go ahead. Finish up. I was going to say, because all the other ones, you know, we can kind of excuse. We, we, I, I've been able to excuse. We've been able to excuse batted balls. We've been able to excuse throw, balls thrown away. Uh, we, we, we found reasons with the intended air yards being high, the completed air yards being high, but the yards after the catch being low. But this, this is where it's really, really bad. I mean... If you can't even get the ball in your wide receiver's ability to catch range, all the intended air yards in the world aren't going to save you. Mm-hmm. So the difference between Carson Wentz at 63.1 and Drew Locke at 68.2, who is 31st, is the same as the difference between Drew Brees at 83.8%, best in the NFL, and Ryan Tannehill's 77.3, which is good for 14th. Oh, god damn. Wait. I counted. As Kyler Murray's 77.3. Six at 13. But same difference, whatever. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, seriously. 
Jesus. Uh, I mean, this, because because this is this combined with bad throw percent are probably the two most independently Carson Wentz-ish stats or uh, quarterback specific stats that we've looked at so far. Nothing changes. Why or your why not you are on target? That's you. And the fact he's this bad there. Oh man. It's pretty ugly, man. It's pretty ugly. I don't I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get how they can allow Carson Wentz to completely implode. Like I don't know what it is. Like well, Doug Doug Peterson just today said that he was sticking with him. There was no intention of um, moving on. Which, which again, I guess you kind of have to say. But look, you got four years. The dude would understand if he got benched. That's tough. I don't know. Like mentally, how do you recover when you've already like? It's tough to go inside the mind of a quarterback. Uh, it's a a poor reference to Moneyball, but how do you go into the mind of a quarterback and figure out what will be the motivating factor that gets him to get out of this funk? Is it benching him, letting him work on things, you know, take the pressure off, take the spotlight away, let him get away from the headlines, get away from the spotlight and just, you know, work on his game mentally is it keeping him in and letting him work it out through reps on the field? You know, if you do bench him, is that going to ruin his psyche and give him the yips? Is it going to make this worse? You don't know until it happens and you can look back on it. Um, and I don't know what the right decision is. You know, obviously I'm a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. I incorrectly had him as my number three quarterback this year. Justin Herbert, you fucking rock. You're a mental, mental trap, unlike what we thought. Um, even you know that being said, I'd love to see him get the chance, but I just I don't know if you risk neutering your quarterback to do so, especially when it's a guy you still have for four years and you're paying a hell of a lot of money to, and has showed he could be an MVP QB. <sighs> you got to think longer term than just this season. You're not going anywhere this season. I mean, you, you can bench a guy to make a point. We've all been there and in and, and some way. Man, let's keep going with it just to finish out the Carson Wentz talk before we kind of get, get things wrapped up. Um, For, for pressures, uh, since that is our next advanced stat thing here, Average pocket time has been pretty consistent on him. It's been uh, 2.3 seconds in 2018 and then 2.4 in each of 2019 and 2020. But I also wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of industry standard. Uh, yeah, right there, Derek Carr, 2.2 and 2.5, the only two times he has. 2.3 and 2.4 for Kyler Murray. 2.4 and 2.5 for Patrick Mahomes. This is this is a small, uh, this is a tight window. It always is. That's not specific to him. Um, he has been blitzed 140 times, which is down 40 blitzes from last year. Uh, he has been hurried 37 times, which is half of what he was had last year. But he has been hit 44 times, which uh, is 
only nine fewer than last year, so he was on pace to beat that out. Um, he has been pressured 124 times, which is a pressure percent of 25.6. That is a career high for him. He has scrambled 17 times and has managed um, 8.4 yards per scramble, which is also a high, but you'd still rather have the passing yards. Um, but the the pressure's going up. They haven't gone up a ton. I, I'm going to say this actually isn't much of a factor here. Okay. Ah, right, what do you think? Uh, I'm sad of thinking of bad quarterbacks. I'm also reading up on their wide receiver history, and that's making me even sadder. Yeah, it's just bonkers. Um, the fact that pressures isn't factoring in much, at least in what I can see, makes a lot of sense. Um, in that this is just Carson Wentz being bad. Yeah. Um, it, sorry, I keep cutting you off, but no, 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 um, go, go right ahead. It's it just goes back to that eye test thing where you know if he was getting pressured a historic amount if he was getting hit on every play and and this and that you could be like okay like i get it there are some external factors you know outside of his own personal performance that is causing him to perform this way but it's not it's really squarely on his shoulders and i mean you know eagles have had offensive line injuries this year they've had wide receiver injuries this year like it's not in a vacuum you know it's not solely there you know you can't put it all on him but you have a franchise quarterback that you signed to an extension. You drafted second overall. You traded a bunch to get him. And you expect him to be your franchise cornerstone. And he's been detrimental to that. You know, you you need those quarterbacks. You need those players to step up and elevate the rest, not drag you down, obviously. Especially when you are still as bad as this season is. You are still in it. You're not out. Yes, you are last in your division. Yes, you have three wins. The team in first place has four wins. <laughs> You're not out of it. While benching, benching Carson Wentz might seem aggressive or like you're giving up on the season or whatever. No, it's not. You have to do what's best for the team. And giving them a real shot to make the playoffs, even though it's, as we just said, a bad year to do that. It's still what you're supposed to do at the, as, as, as someone who runs an organization, this is the goal. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, they've got a lot of tough decision-making to do in regards to this. And it's not tough decision-making in the way New England's was, which is, do you keep bringing back Brady until he's bad, or do you let him? Because you know that was like a that was a good position to kind of have to be in. It's like we get the choice: how long do we want to keep this Brady thing going? He's still been really good. This is not that. This is do we rebuild without ever? And I can't say without ever having been good because they literally won a Super Bowl, but it doesn't feel like that happened. Yeah, with Dick Foles. True. So uh, do you want me to read this wide receiver post so I keep getting distracted by? Sure. It's tough. Yeah, right. go right ahead. Eagles were brutally reminded this week about their wide receiver draft mistakes. That's the title of this Reddit post. Love <clears> it. In 2020, the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson to everyone's dismay. 
On Sunday, Jefferson had a stellar game, recording seven receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Jefferson has been the best rookie wide receiver this season, while Jalen Rager hasn't played fairly well, producing 19 receptions, 222 yards, and one touchdown through six games. That's okay. That is definitely not great, and it's definitely not what you would want out of your first-round pick. In 2019, the Eagles drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside seven picks ahead of D.K. Metcalf, much to everyone's dismay. Yesterday, Metcalf torched, well, all right, Sunday, Metcalf torched the Eagles with 10 receptions for 177 yards. That's just two receptions and 37 yards less than Arcega Whiteside's career totals through 23 games played. Metcalf is leading the NFL in receiving yards and is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, while Arcega Whiteside has ruled the bench despite all of the injuries that they've seen. In 2016, the Eagles drafted Halapulivata Maitai, one pick ahead of Tyreek Hill. On Sunday, Hill had run one of the best performances by a wide receiver in recent memory with 13 receptions, 269 yards, 203 of which were in the first quarter, and three touchdowns. Not much else needs to be said about Hill. He's been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL over the past couple of years. Vitae, despite being a solid OT, is not on the Eagles, and it's not a tight race between the two. Mm. You know, I get Tyreek Hill is his own bag of worms for why nobody wanted to draft him. But that being said, the Eagles have still been truly bad at drafting wide receivers. Yeah. Boy, is it hurting. I mean, they make the Jets look good at it. When was Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson drafted, do you know? Deshaun Jackson? Oh, jeez. Fucking, dude, like 2009? Uh, Oh, my God. He's 34. It's before then, isn't it? 2008. Oh, my God. Second round pick in 2008. And that was the last memorable wide receiver the Eagles have drafted. I mean, who have they had? They had uh, Alshon Jeffrey, which came from the Bears. They've had Brandon Marshall, which... Did they have Brandon Marshall? No, I'm thinking of the Jets. That's a different group. Yeah. Um, who else have they had? I think they had Mike Wallace for a while back in the day. But again, that was from the Steelers. I, the Eagles have not had a good history of wide receivers. I can't even think of any of their stars outside of Deshaun Jackson because... There haven't been any. I I know, man. It's it's oh, ugly. Whatever. It it. That's why it's really really surprising, the fact that they won a Super Bowl like recently. It's like, crazy very, very how people. they kind of were this dominant complete team that looked like they would be, you know, not quite a Patriots dynasty, but still a dynasty. And it's completely imploded. Completely imploded. They have the third worst record in the NFC. What's their their draft pick? It's got to be a top five. 
It's actually not. No way. Get out of here. They're 18. No, they're not. That must not be updated from when they were. That can't they, be updated because that cause, has them leading the division. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the only way they'd be picking that low. Um, fuck. It's hard. I can't find an updated site. Oh, because I Googled week 11. NFL 2021 draft order. Tankathon. Here we go. This is what I want. These are the sites. Sixth. They have the sixth overall pick. Eesh. Wow. And they basically are ahead of Dallas and the Chargers for top four pick. You know, they're not catching up to Cincinnati, Jacksonville, or the Jets. But, you know, Dallas and the Chargers are both teams that can win games. Maybe not Dallas, but the Chargers can win some games. Eagles are pretty much set for a top five pick unless Carson Wentz can figure out how to play football again. But you got to ask yourself, which one, as an Eagles fan, which one would you rather have, you know? Because uh, neither of those rather, are appealing. Ooh, Carson Wentz play football. Uh, you have to pick Carson Wentz, right? For what? To, you know, you want him to come back and learn how to play football again and remember rather than just happen to have a top five pick. Oh, I don't know. You got Carson Wentz for four more years, so you might as well be bad this season, come back next year, and be good, right? Right. Like at the if same you're going to hope for for a very sudden Carson Wentz bounce back, I'd rather have it at the top of next season than right now for no reason. Well, I'm thinking more of like in general. Like, I'd rather oh. have Carson Wentz play football at a high level again rather than him suck or be bad for the rest of his career, but have a top five pick. All right, I feel you. Like that top five pick could be anything. It could be Carson Wentz. Like it, or it know. could be someone good. It wouldn't. Shots fired. Uh they'd probably pick a wide receiver. Would they be wrong? Yeah, because they'd make it wrong. <sighs> yeah, probably. Ravens produced two more positive tests. I just got the notification. Uh, anyway. In the first round in, 28, in 2008. I, I would like to take some, some time to shit on the Jets for a moment before we officially wrap up. Sound good to you? Sure. Um, so I am I was I was pretty wishy-washy early on in the in the season about what to do with Sam Darnold, whether we should keep him, um, and if we got the first overall pick, trade him. Trade, trade it to to just get more to ta- surrounding talent. I'm now of the opinion he should he should be be gotten gone with and moved on from. I'm not going to say it's all his fault. We have been nothing but bad for him here in New York. But at the same time, it is time. You know when the last time Sam Darnold had a passing touchdown was Corwin? No. Week three. Oh. He has not had a passing touchdown since week three. Oh. In, the, in that time, weeks four through 12, he has had two different multi-interception games. And that is with him missing weeks nine and 10 because of injury. So in those four games since his last passing touchdown, he has had Zero passing touchdowns, but two different multi-interception games. 
I have nothing constructive to add there. Like that's just I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you his passer rating by by game, and you can see just where I fell off the the rails on this. Is gate week one, seventy five point three passer rate. Uh week two, ninety point five. Week three, forty seven. Week four, seventy point five. Then he missed some games. Week seven. 31.1, week 8, 70.6, then he missed some games, week 12, 51. It's awful. It's awful. His last touchdown of any kind was a rushing touchdown against Denver in week 4. That's it. That's it. His last three games have been passing touchdown less. He has not had a passing touchdown in the entire month of November. Oh, God, that's depressing. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. I just... I want them to can Gase so that we can have them improve and we could see that hope. But I get that they want him to ride them into you know the ground and get Trevor Lawrence I just I hate that it has to be done you know like it's it's how sausage is made except shitty or I I know man it's it's un it's it's literally unfucking believable I've never seen anyone be this bad before did you see the headline I just sent you? I guess oh. It's the full article. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking so at it. Adam Gase came out and said, uh, it is a competitive disadvantage to say who is calling which plays. Yeah, and by that he means it, it is a competitive disadvantage for my wallet going forward to admit that I am calling plays. <laughs> oh, it's sad. So that I can blame some other fucker later on in job interviews. I just. It's it's bad. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, but right now the tunnel is still very dark. I I don't even I'm not even going to see the light until Trevor Lawrence is is, is drafted by the Jets. Until that point, I, I don't believe in anything. I mean. I've never felt so numb to a season. And and we're beyond the the Adam Gase firing stage because it's not going to happen. I still want it to emotionally, but I know it's not, and I don't want it to um, uh, intellectually. It, it, oh, my God. And it sucks. Although I do feel, you know, I, I feel a mild level of vindication for never having truly had faith in Sam Darnold. <laughs> um, as you recall, before the show started, I didn't want him drafted by the Jets. <laughs> at the t- granted, at the time, I wanted Josh Rosen, <laughs> which we saw so how that panned out. Um, yeah, although he was also given a pretty unfair shake in Arizona, but neither here nor there. Um, which which was worse at the time? Which was worse at the time? At what the do you time, mean? like which situation was worse? Like their rookie season. Oh, the Cardinals. Arizona sure. or the Jets? Oh, yeah, no. 
yeah, yeah, Carolina, the the Cardinals for sure. I mean, the yeah. the Jets were still. I'm not going to say competitive, but we weren't god awful. I mean, that was the what was what was Sam Darnold's first season in in Green 2017 or 2018? 2018. Yeah, so in 2017, the Jets were five and eleven, which is bad. Um, but the year before that was, oh, was that two years before that? Oh, so 2015 was the ten and six year. Jesus. In 2016 was uh, the follow-up Ryan Fitzpatrick year. We brought him back. That was no good. And then 2017, we ran with Josh McCown. Um, Whoa. Yep. QB you guys have had in a while. Yeah. Uh, although that Josh McCown season would be great to have right about now. Not going to not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, and... And our defenses were were all pretty good at the time. Twenty eighteen, his uh, was his first year. Our defense was still pretty okay. Todd Bowles was still here. We still had, um, fucking some other decent enough pieces. Robbie Anderson was still here. Andre Roberts had a good year. Isaiah Crowell was something someone people were kind of excited about. Um, yeah. Whereas I, I don't I don't think the Cardinals had anything really going for them at the time except for um, Larry Fitz. Yeah, even then, it's like 35-year-old Larry Fitz can only go so far. Um, bad defense, bad offensive line, no real weapons. Um, definitely was a tough, tough spot for any quarterback going in. Oh, yeah. Um, But I, I didn't want him because I had no faith in USC quarterbacks. Um. <laughs> after having survived the Mark Sanchez years. And, uh, yeah, I would never want to see a USC quarterback in, in Jets green ever again. I am okay with that. Yep. Yeah. I think Sam I mean, Darnold got drafted based on that. It's going to be a long time before anyone, you know, well, I guess Slovis is pretty good. Never mind. I don't want to make Ooh. that tape. Who? Uh, this guy, Ken is Slovis. The quarterback for USC is looking to be really good. I was just about to say, say oh, Slovis. His last name is Slovis. S L O V I S. I think his first name is Kendon. K E N D O N. Kendon Slovis. That's a made up Kedon. name. Kedon. I don't, I, I, I'm going to Kedon Slovis. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I really want to find someone pronouncing it. I can't say I've watched any USC games live lately. Has so. there been any reason to? No. Yeah. Um, no. The last you want to know the last USC game I watched live? Penn State. Yep. When Sam Darnold just fucking had the best game of his goddamn career, and I just said I think he got drafted based off of that one fucking game. So did uh, so did what's his face butt fumble guy Mark Sanchez. He got drafted because of the Rose Bowl against Penn State, too. We need to stop those games from ever happening again. Preferably just, you know, USC playing against them. I'd still like Penn State to go to the Rose Bowl. Maybe. Not this year, though. Or maybe ever again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, we're going to 
you and I will find out if this Steelers-Ravens game does truly end up actually happening tomorrow. By the time this episode comes out, you lovely people will all know. Um, outside of anything developing with that, there has not been much in the way of sports news in the in the in the past 48 hours since we last came to you. So sorry, there's not too too much going on to really get into. I know um, the White Sox announced more of uh, Tony Larusa's coaching staff, so I guess they really aren't getting rid of him. Which uh, we have, I don't think we have anything left constructive to say on the matter. It's just it's just sad. But definitely um, not constructive. No, it, it's not. So I. Yeah, I mean it's it's been quiet, which I guess I'll take. I don't assume compared too. to the alternative. I really hope it's more. Uh, last night he had three receptions on three targets for negative six yards, one rush for one yard. Can we see more? Can we see? Yeah, I was going to say, Chief, I'm going to need you to break this down a little bit further. For I me. need more breakdown. David Moore. His his touchdown was one yard. Um, oh, come on. Do I have to go? Uh, I know where I can go to get this information. Um, but I don't know if David Moore would be on there. Shit. He is not. Uh, David Moore. Catches? Damn it. All right, hold on. Hold on. We are we still must go cooking. deeper. Uh, negative six. There's no way. I mean, I I can't I can't say for certain. Ah, that's okay. We'll we'll take the fun fact at face value and, and, and leave it at that. I mean I could dig through literally every play breakdown uh, I, I, I don't, don't want to sit here and listen to you that. do that so, yeah no, no. i don't i don't want that all right well then we'll wrap it up um so that's that uh yeah i guess there's really nothing there's it's quiet folks there's really enough in here to say so if you want to follow the show on twitter you can do so at juicing pod if you want to hit us up via email you can do so at juicing the numbers at gmail.com and uh and until monday y'all have a good one bye Son of a bitch. Yes, you are. Fuck you, Craig. Yes, you are. Craig, I see you. <laughs>